Juggling motherhood and modern day life can be stressful and relentless, but it doesn't need to be this way. The Joy of Being podcast is the answer to maternal mental health, bringing sustainable relief and calm to hardworking mums everywhere so that you, your family and work can thrive. My name is Marina Pearson and I'm your host, transformational coach and mum who loves to interview business owners, transformational professionals and creatives to have insightful conversations about what it takes to really live a life that is thriving, fulfilling and full of joy. And today I've got some amazing news. You can now order your very own version of the Joy of Being book, supporting hardworking mums to stress less and live more. If you're the type of mum who is struggling with the burdens of motherhood or modern day life, then this will be a perfect book for you. If you're curious, you want to know more and you want to see what's up with that book, you can do so at www.marinapearson.com slash order. And on today's show, I have the beautiful Juliette Bryant. She's an author, a nutritional consultant, superfood chef and presenter who runs courses, talks, workshops and retreats around the world. Her passion is helping people thrive by showing how to make delicious and healthy food. Juliet runs a busy worldwide practice, giving nutritional consultations to individuals and businesses. And it was beautiful to have her on the show today. Uh, We talked about simple things that we can do to feel better with regards to our nutrition. Her story is extremely inspiring as she worked through the death of her mother and the implications that that had on her life's path and path that she took to nutrition. So if you want to know more about nutrition and how to make some really small but really impactful improvements on your or your family's nutrition, then this is going to be an amazing episode for you. Enjoy. So welcome everybody. And on today's show, I have the beautiful Juliet Bryant. I am meeting Juliet for the first time today. I actually don't know her, but a friend and a colleague, Catherine said, you must interview her. So I was like, okay, (laughs) that's what I'll do then. So welcome, Juliet. Lovely to have you here. Thank you. Lovely to be here. Julia, I'd love to ask, you know, why do you do the work you do? And, you know, how did you get started with it? What did you, why do you feel that what you do is so important to the planet? Well, when I first started, like, so my journey really began when I was eight years old and my mother got sick. She got multiple sclerosis and she transformed our lives. Literally overnight, we stopped eating animal products. We went on a high fish diet, whole foods. She really ramped up the nutrition of what we, how we were eating. And as a child, I had mixed feelings about that. You know, lots of lentil stews and things like that weren't necessarily my favorite food. And I loved going to friends' houses and having fish fingers, chips and beans and food like that. That was kind of normal. And what I considered we were eating wasn't normal. And she taught me a lot about food and how it played such an integral role in, in plays an integral role in our health and our well-being. And as a child, that all sunk in. And I saw that if she ate the wrong food, it would massively affect her, um, health and well-being. Um, you know, her muscle spasms would be worse. Her eyesight would be worse. Her, her speech and all those kind of things. So that really was what started to inform me early on when I was eight in my life about nutrition and its importance. And, <clears throat> Then when I was about 14, I started studying healing. My mission at the time was uh, to heal my mother. That was why I learned healing. And so a lot of my life, I spent trying to make her better. And um, 
underlying everything I did, even after she died, she died when I was 21. I think that became my mission to heal the world because I wanted to heal my mother. I wanted to make up for the fact I couldn't heal her. And um, I worked in healing and meditation, teaching children this for a while. And when I got pregnant with my first child, it really... um, opened my eyes to looking after myself on a much deeper level because I was responsible for another human being. That's when I started studying nutrition. And I worked very separately with healing and nutrition. It was all these separate things. And then I started looking at people going, a healing client thinking, what's wrong with you is not to do with energy. It's to do with the physical thing. You need certain nutrients, you're deficient. And I could see that really clearly in people. And so I started to work to combine the two. Uh, because I, you know, I realize we are more than our physical body. We are uh, energetic beings who are influenced by our thoughts, our emotions, all of these things, our spirit inform how our physical being works. And so I got to the point where I was working very much on all these levels to really support people in transforming their health. And recently I realized this thing that I was doing, trying to save the world. (laughs) trying to heal everyone. And it, it, it only just recently appeared in my um, awareness that that's why I was so eagerly getting out there trying to to do this. And it made me really stop and think because I don't think that's a good space to be coming from. I've done a lot of amazing work and I'm not negating any of that. But now I'm really looking at things from a different perspective, not wanting to heal the world because everyone has to heal themselves, but wanting to inspire and encourage people to tune into the power that is within them to transform their lives through the food they eat, through the thoughts they have, through um, the expression of their soul in their life. So what does that consist of? So um, I've been running these mentorship programs recently. I'm on the second one and it's a fascinating journey doing the mentorship program because it's the 12 week thing where I take people on. It starts with a one-to-one where we look at what foods they're eating. We look at the physical, we look at very much the fundamentals of that. And we also look at the energetics of what's underlying physical ailments or blocks that are stopping us from achieving what we really want to achieve. Um, so you know, what I really feel is that foods are vibrations. We're made up of vibrational strands. And so when you start to look at everything in that manner, if a vibrational strand's out of line, you could use sound to realign it. You could use healing, energy, you could use uh, foods, plants, because they're all different vibrations. So you just choose that right vibration and that can help to realign you. This is very much uh, where I've been working with people. I've got a lot of nutritional knowledge of how to make lovely foods and guide people on that side of things as well. Because I think if people can see that healthy food can be delicious and medicinal food can really taste wonderful and make you feel good, that's going to inspire people to want to eat in that different way, to want to really connect with food as a medicine, as opposed to food to fill their belly. So that's the mentorship is how I've been working with people. I go around uh, the country doing talks uh, and demos and workshops in people's homes where I show people, I talk to people about the energetic properties of food, the physical properties of food and how they can start incorporating these things to really uh, ramp up their health. What are some of the stories that you've heard from clients that you've worked with? So do you have like a story, a case study where someone came to you and they were What's yeah, they were really struggling and then through what you did with them it just was an absolute miracle. You were even stunned by the outcome. Yeah. I mean, I had an email um 
yesterday. So I, I create products as well to support people. One of my favorite things is blending foods together to create uh, an alchemical magic <laughs> um, uh, of, of different superfoods. And um, someone sent me an email uh, yesterday. I created this CBD hot chocolate drink which has medicinal mushrooms and CBD and um, raw cacao, no refined sugar. It's really delicious hot chocolate drink. And someone sent me an email yesterday that said, um, I really don't know where to start, but my three, uh, but for the last three years, my eight-year-old son has suffered from sleep, ang- sleep issues and anxiety caused by a traumatic surgery. It could take us four hours plus to get him to sleep. And half the time he'd be wide awake, ending up with him in bed with us. Uh, and we'd have very little sleep. I was recommended your CBD product and it's been a game changer. Uh, sounds so ridiculous, but you have changed our lives. And that was, I got that last night when I, I was about to turn my phone off to go to bed. And uh, that made me so happy because that's why I do these things. Cause I want to help people. I've got a knowledge and an intuition of how we can connect with plants and it's such a simple thing to have a teaspoon of this hot chocolate mix in some hot water with a little bit of plant milk. And it, the results I'm seeing, I've had so many emails like that, that just make my heart feel so happy um, because there are answers out there. You know, I, I really believe that the earth has the solutions that we need. We just need to tune into them. And we have the solutions within us. Like I, I really think that every individual has that power to tune into their inner wisdom and be guided on what what we need to uh, heal us. And there are so many different stories of people who have come to me with different health ailments. Um, and we've tuned in and you know, maybe it's been something from the past that has locked them in this space. Um, it was someone who was having really bad digestive issues and we tuned in and it took a bit of time to get there, but we tuned in and we realized that it was a comment that was made to this person when they were young and we released that and their digestive issues went. You know, it's it can be really simple. And I think people often think that healing is going to take a long time, but it can be momentary, momentary, uh, if we choose to allow it to be, and if we can tap into the right element that can allow that. I mean, I was quite a sick child. Uh, I used to have, and, and teenager, and in my twenties, I was quite unwell. I used to have pneumonia and bronchitis and asthma and all those things. And I really spent a lot of time tuning into myself to learn how to do what I do really, um, to, to heal it. And I, don't knock on wood. I've not had pneumonia for many, many years. I've not had uh, bronchitis. I've not had asthma. You know, I've, I've managed to clear that all up through physical things. If I start to get sick, I know what to do. If I feel like I'm getting cold, I use rosemary essential oil and I take vitamin C and I have garlic and I have fire cider and I've got a whole range of things at my disposal so that I can arm my body, the defences in my body with what it needs, which is great to be able to have that knowledge for myself and my family. Yeah, so what I'm really hearing is education is key and um, knowing what to do and how to do it is is really, really the crux of the question. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I hear you. Like, I think there, there used to be the sense that getting over something or seeing through something would take forever. But what I've come to see is, is that's not the case at all give you an example. So I, uh, yeah, anytime I've had an insight about something that's instantaneous change, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's not, it has to take forever. You can see something for yourself in, in any given moment and then it changes everything forever, but it's, it's, it's literally like, it can be a two second job and and, and then we're off. But I do, (laughs) 
I do get that, you know, there are, when it comes to changing the way that we eat, um, that can be maybe a little bit more challenging, right? Because we're so entrenched in in how we, so conditioned in how we eat um, and the habits that we have around what we eat. Totally. I mean, I think that's such a big thing, the conditioning of life that, you know, I think a large part comes from it, from people thinking that if they are going to have to eat healthy food, their taste buds are going to suffer and it's all going to taste horrible. I think a lot of people have this in their mentality from a young age because, you know, you see at schools, kids do something well and they get rewarded with a pack of Haribo's. Now, to me, from my point of view, Haribo's are toxic for the body. You know, they've got animal products. I try to be as kind to the world as I can and to all living creatures. Um, so for me, I don't want to eat that. I don't want to eat gelatine. Um, but beside that, you know, moving away from just the animal product part of it, they're filled with a whole bunch of rubbish. And so from a young age, we're saying that if you do something good, you get rewarded with something that is toxic. Like this is actually like programming that, that is going into people. It's like, why can't you be rewarded with an apple? An apple tastes amazing. And, you know, I've got three children, varying ages, 15, eight and two. And you look at the progression of these children and what they're given and what they think. And my littlest gets really excited over blueberries and strawberries and raspberries and apples. Um, and my raw, raw ice cream, chocolate ice cream that I made last night. Um, you know, and that's really exciting to him. And it used to be for my middle one, but from going to school, you, they start to get this conditioning of, oh, well, that's good for me. So I don't, that's not a treat. Why would I want to have a treat that's good for me? Can I have something that's naughty? You know, there's this kind of strange behavior that, that we get programmed with. I don't quite understand why or, or where it comes from. But, you know, a large part of what I like to do is to, when I do my talks, I make something like a chocolate milkshake um, that's got no dairy, no refined sugar, no artificial ingredients. It's whole food based. It's, it's natural. And um, give that to people and you watch their expressions and they go, oh, that's actually really tasty. And those light bulb moments of, oh, I could do that. That took only a few minutes to do. Because that's the other thing I think a lot of people are conditioned with. Healthy food is going to take hours and I don't have time because I'm really busy. So I think if we can break through some of these boundaries of healthy food is, isn't tasty and healthy food is going to take hours to prepare, then we can start to reprogram people's minds. And I think, you know, there's a huge movement now about veganism out in the um, world. Uh, people are becoming aware that in order to uh, protect the planet, we need to be more conscious about what we're eating, where it's coming from, um, and these kind of things. And I'm not saying everyone should become vegan. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But I think that if people can lead a more plant-based lifestyle, uh, a lifestyle that is more about being aware of where you get your things. So if you do eat meat or you do have dairy, getting it from someone who actually really loves their animals and is looking after them and it's not from a big factory farm, you know, and, and trying to bring that responsibility 
back to ourselves of like, we are responsible for our health. We are responsible for this planet. We are responsible for our part in this planet. And if we can start to do that, you know, I think because we've got an NHS, which is amazing, it takes this ownership off ourselves having to look after ourselves because it's very easy to and free to go to the doctors and say, this is what's wrong and hand over responsibility for. And the doctor then fills out a little form and says, here you go, take this. And there's no ownership over health because of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, totally. And um, it's a bit like, you know, uh, this, the, the, mental, the, the state of mental health, you know, I'm depressed, we'll have a pill. It's prescriptive versus it being, putting, you know, us taking responsibility back and educating ourselves about what's actually right for our bodies and not. <laughs> Having gone through a huge healing journey myself about four years ago, um, it was really quite revelatory for me to discover that I had all sorts of parasites and yeah. bacteria in my gut, an overgrowth, because I know that we all have them. Um, and the change and the difference that it's made has, was, was transform, transformative. I never really realized um, how much of that stuff I was carrying inside of my body. Um, using my energies massively and so when we're not aware and we don't have the education it's really it's so much easier just to go to somebody that can give us a pill and and we just take it and great that's done now moving on yeah and I think though when we do that we the issues end up coming back because we're not addressing the underlying core of whatever's going on we're not looking into that deeper aspect so for example with parasites quite often I find that someone is leaking their it's it's not just about the physical parasite draining the energy but generally there's leaks in that that person's life so you could be leaking your energy in other ways which is linked to the parasite and so by taking that charge back and going you know what I'm going to sort my gut out I'm going to clean this out you we start to assert our boundaries more and we start to look at where we're leaking energy and we start to really take that responsibility back. And I think there was a study that showed that approximately 70% of society is walking around with parasites. So things that are sucking the nutrients out of what you're eating, which is mental affecting our brain, you know, and when we can get clear of that and really tune into our gut, you know, our gut is, is the home of our intuition it's the home of so many things. And there are a hundred million neurons in your gut. So there's more neurons in your gut than in your spinal column. And the gut is communicating constantly with the brain. So, so often we have these thoughts um, that we think are ours, but they're actually coming from an imbalance within our gut. And you look at things like depression and 80% of the serotonin, which is one of the neurotransmitters essential for good, feeling good, is actually not produced in the brain. It's produced in the gut, you know, which is, is mad. So we're, and we're eating food that isn't supporting good gut health. Um, you know, the gut is is one of the things that I uh, talk about a lot. I, I love the gut because you look at Hippocrates, who was the father of modern medicine, said all disease begins in the gut. I don't think that's exactly right in today's day and age. I think disease begins from uh, mineral deficiency, toxicity, and uh, gut health. You know, that, and obviously emotional things, but I think those are the kind of physical things that are really going on for people. But you sort out someone's gut, and I'd say 90% of the people that come to me, uh, their issues go away because actually it was based in the gut, but it could have been a breathing problem or a skin problem or a brain problem or any of the, you know, so many different things. It's not just, oh, my gut feels funny. Um, 
you know, so, so many people are, are walking around with this imbalance because we don't get out in nature. We don't get our hands in the soil. Um, you know, we have antibacterial sprays everywhere, uh, killing off bacteria. So we've become these, these, uh, beings who used to have this breadth and depth in our gut of bacteria. And now it's just shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And some of this comes from our food choices as well. There was a study done uh, by the American uh, Gut Biome Project. Uh, They've been analysing poo from around the world for a while. And um, what they found is that people used to have uh, 500 different, approximately 500 different foods they would eat on a regular basis. And now we have 12 Wow. That's mental, isn't it? You think 12 foods and you think, okay, well, what are they? Probably potatoes, chicken, uh, sugar, bread or wheat, um, corn, maybe, you know, peas, probably apples and bananas, but there's not a lot. And that's, that's for most people, broccoli and carrots, the staple of what they're eating day in, day out in different forms. And so you start to get this you know, if you start to bring in more foods, you get more bacteria coming in. So then you've got more defense to support your body and your health. Yeah. I mean, I, I hear you. Um, it's very easy to get quite conditioned, especially if you have kids, um, yeah. to do the same thing over and over again. Um, I live in Spain, so, you know, my son goes to school here and, um, their dinners are paella or lentils or, um, fish or so they will have a proper meal at lunchtime yeah of course they have bread and stuff like that but I live in a country where food is a really really important part of the process yeah and so Leo is growing up in loving lentils he's growing up in loving um oh of course he loves the pasta and what have you I do my best yeah. he's growing up loving uh paella you know the rice dish and um <clears throat> i make him this um i call it he we call it magic soup and in it, it all the veggies um but he's not allowed to know what's in it because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't eat green and there's quite a bit of green in there there's courgette and there are leeks um yeah so you know i think there's an element of just experimenting to see what you can come up with and a compromise for your, for your child. And of course there are times I decide to give him, I make homemade hash browns and okay, I'll put in a can tin of baked beans in there. And he loves that. I know they're full of sugar, but sometimes it's just like, Oh, well, never mind. Um, there's a balance, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think there's a, because that's the other thing, like eating clean. And then there is also like the odd bit here and there. What's your take on that? Because I think there's an element that maybe if somebody's listening to this today going, oh my God, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm such a bad eater, or oh, I should just eradicate everything, um, versus actually going, well, no, what, what if I don't need to? Like, what if I can eat 80, 20, and yeah. have 80 be the standard, and then 20 the occasional, you know, cake or whatever it might be? I think that's, I mean, that's what I say to people 80, 20. It's like most of the time, if your norm becomes eating as well as you can, and occasionally you have stuff that's not so great, that's fine. And and a really big thing that I think is so important for people is if you're having something that is not necessarily a healthy food, don't sit there and feel guilty as you're eating it. 
because that is so much worse for, for your body than just eating it. And it's also the same the other way. Like don't get overly stressed about food because stress is, when we're stressed, we reduce our uh, digestive enzyme content our gut can't work properly. Like all this myriad of things happens. I mean, stress is just a terrible thing. Um, and we all have so much of it anyway that we don't want to add that extra element in when it comes to food. It's like, let's just try and be um, as balanced as we can with it um, without it causing this emotional um, problem. So I think, you know, if we can 80, 20, I think is a great rule. And with kids, you know, you have to be flexible because they do want stuff that everyone else is eating. And sometimes, you know, I give my, my kids beans. I do buy whole earth beans, which don't have any refined sugar in and they're sweetened with apple juice, which is great. Um, sometimes I make them myself. Sometimes I don't, you know, we have to live in the real world where we're really busy and we can't always do things, uh, perfectly because we're not perfect beings. We are just humans living the best we possibly can. And I think that's what we have to try and aim for is just living the best we can in each moment because each moment is different, isn't it? And what looks one way in one moment looks a different way in another. So, you know, for me, what I like to do is I make a smoothie in the morning for everyone to have so that I know my kids are having something really nutritious to start their day. And I put as many things in as I can that they're not going to see. So it's all blended and really delicious. Quite often it's uh, covered with chocolate, raw cacao, because raw cacao is an amazing superfood and you can put loads of greens in that they won't notice. So that's a really good thing. You can put avocado in or hemp seed. So they're getting the essential fat to support their brain. You know, one of the keys, I think, like a really simple thing, if people wanted to say, okay, I want to make some changes, but I don't want to go overboard. I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm miles away from where you're talking. What can I do? What, what can I do the, that, as that next step? Drinking water is like, that is so profound. And it sounds so simple, but it is such a profound act of love and health for your body that can be so transformative. So many people are walking around chronically dehydrated. So what I do in the morning after I've cleaned my mouth, because this is really key, like clean your mouth first, because if you have a large glass of water or you eat breakfast before you clean your mouth, what you're doing is you're washing a lot of toxins back into your body that your body has spent all night detoxifying from. So it's a really important first step. Clean your mouth, um, you know, brushing your teeth, doing oil pulling, whatever way you want to do it. Um, and then what I do is I have a pint glass of water and I add a pinch of I use raw grey sea salt or Celtic salt, but you could use Himalayan salt. You want to use um, a salt that's not been kiln dried, that's got its, its minerals still in there. And you put a little pinch of that in and you put some lemon in because what the lemon does is it reduces the surface tension of the water and it allows that water to be absorbed at a much deeper level. The salt adds these trace minerals into your body and it also creates this kind of electric current. It creates like a life in the water so that when you drink that water, your cells go, oh, and they kind of come to life and start zinging. When you do that and you drink that water first thing in the morning, what you're doing is you're aiding the body's detoxification process. So you're really helping support the body to cleanse itself. You're also giving your body that taste of hydration. So for me, if I don't drink that glass of water in the morning, I find that I probably won't drink much water throughout the day and it will get to three or four and I'll feel quite stressed. I won't have had much water. Whereas if I drink that water, I remember throughout the day because it's like it's, it's triggering that muscle memory to say, oh, you need water, you're thirsty. And that is such a big step. And then I have my smoothie and I make the smoothie for everyone else. And I think 
you know, wherever people are at, it's like, what is the one next step I can take to adding into my health? And I think if we can add in as opposed to I've got to take all this stuff away, it's it's a much better philosophy for the brain. It works much better because abundance is much more productive than deprivation. So that's what I really love getting people to do. What can I add in to what I'm already doing to kind of supercharge it and to take it to the next level? Because what you find is very quickly, all the good stuff comes in and it crowds out the bad stuff. You don't want the bad stuff so much because you feel really good on the good stuff. You know, I think what I love getting people to do is sitting and tuning into that inner wisdom and asking themselves, what is my next step? Because we all know if you listen and you really tune into that inner voice, it's like, what is my next step? Then something will come to you. It may be going out for a walk in nature. It may have nothing to do with food. It may be grounding, maybe just taking time to be with yourself and be still or switching off your phone or having that water. You know, there are so many different things to our journey. And I think it it all comes down to love, our love for ourselves and how we feel about ourselves. Because the better we feel about ourselves, the more loving things we will put into our body. Well, and possibly also better loving decisions we'll make for ourselves. So um, inside, outside. We've been... um, my husband and I have been doing a 100-day cleanse. We started on the 1st of January. We do it every year. I do a gentle version because I'm breastfeeding, so I can't do the kind of full ramped up cleanse. But it's amazing doing it because we're going through our house, not, not like we hadn't planned to do it, but as we're cleansing our insides, so we're seeing these corners of clutter and these areas. It's like, let's clear that out. Let's shift that because we're shifting in our beings. And I think that's such an interesting thing. You know, the more we can shift our internal, the more our external will shift and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking at the stuff I've got around me going, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I've still got lots of clutter. You know, we, like, we love books and we love superfoods. So we have lots of stuff in our house. Um, but it's really nice to also get get clear and, and sort and take stuff to the charity shop and you know like uh, you see what you actually need as we hold on to so much stuff physically yeah. in our weight and our being and also around us we do we do and um I'm very aware of that it's really interesting to me um I've just had an ex-boyfriend move out and um there are three cats that he we found well, he found and he brought into the house and they're still here. And I don't like cats. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, and I love my, my, my balcony that I can't seem to go on because the cats are there. Right. So, um, I, anyway, I found somewhere that can take the cats. Not two weeks from now, but, um, I, there's a kind of, I need to shift the energy. Yeah. They need to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's, it's an end of a phase, isn't it? If, if they came in from someone else and it's not ever been your thing, then they're a reminder probably the on some level, why, aren't they? Why the hell is he doing it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's another, that's another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you, and you have to, you don't want to have things in your space that you don't want there. And obviously, if, if you're with the person, then it's a different thing because you have to compromise and find that kind of middle ground, don't you? Um, but if they're not there, then you don't. <laughs> um, 
but it, I guess it's a little bit like this, which is um, maybe there are things in your body that you don't want there anymore and that it's okay yeah. to just detoxify yourself by getting rid of them. Um, yeah. So um, being gentle, I think with that process is really key because when you detoxify, you know, one of the people on my um mentorship program she's been doing a, a liver detox a really gentle one because I think it's really good to be gentle and kind and loving to ourselves and not do anything in these harsh kind of forms so I've been guiding her on this this cleanse and you know she's she spent a lot of time crying and just releasing because we hold so much in our cellular memory that we just trap and so often you know we use food to push emotions down or alcohol or whatever it is it's like feeling sad well let's just eat something or let's have a glass of wine so we push and suppress this stuff in our being which then gets stored as fat or in our cells or whatever so when you start to release the fat in your body or release the toxins these emotions come up to be cleared as well um which is such an amazing thing you know, the human body is so remarkable, I think. And that's a really amazing thing that we can release stuff because there, there are schools of thought that believe that illness comes from trapped emotions, from, you know, suppressed anger, um, stuff that we're not letting out, that we're not speaking. You know, it's like Louise Hay. I don't know if you've looked into any of her stuff. She's got an amazing book, um, You Can Heal Your Life. Uh, and it's got affirmations for all these different health conditions. And when you really start to tune in, you think, oh, that's so true. The, the different the different things she says about different conditions. Uh, and when we start to say these affirmations and release stuff, we can, we can really transform our health and move forward in life. And, you know, I think for me, so many, I really want to thrive. I, I want my being to thrive. I want my family to thrive. I don't just want to survive and just get through life. And I think so many people are just surviving, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And um, I know that being human has its moments. I've, I've been going through those, uh, been going through a moment myself. Um, but generally, I want to thrive too. So, yeah. um, and it's also really interesting. Like um, what I've noticed is that when we go into bad funk, you know, food and lack of it or more of it or um, how we deal with those moments is really telling. And yeah. I've come to see that I, I, you know, for example, I've got a tendency to, when I'm in a funk, to not want to ca- take care of myself. Yeah. So there's an element of wanting to drink more wine, wanting to eat a bad food, um, and so that kind of is the perpetual cycle <laughs> you start to yeah. do worse and worse and worse and worse. And so, um, and then when I'm, when I'm in a good place, I'll want to just really take care of myself. So mm. there are, it's just an awareness piece actually. And I think there's, yeah. a, there's an element of going, Oh, hello. I didn't notice that <laughs> rather than going, <laughs> yeah. you're a bad person for having done that and, and beating yourself up about it. Totally. Yeah. Because the more you beat yourself up, then the more you perpetuate the cycle of negativity and, and self-loathing, which so many people are in, especially women. I think, you know, women have this massive like guilt complex constantly running of uh, shouldn't eat that. Oh, no, I've eaten that. I'm a bad person. Or, you, you know, the, the, the multitasking and the juggling that we have to do so often as a woman. And very often we uh, spend most of our time giving love out to everyone else and totally neglecting ourselves. And then wonder why we get burnt out and shouty, um, you know. And I think, so for me, one of the, the things that I do is I make raw chocolate. 
So it's healthy chocolate, which is no refined sugar, no dairy. Uh, it's really nutritious and I love it. And when I'm feeling in a bit of a funk, I'll go for my raw chocolate because yes, it's still got that like, oh, what's the word? You know, that, that blissful feeling because raw cacao actually makes you feel good. It's got anandamide. So it actually is helping you to feel, feel better in your being. And it's got that, that kind of naughty association, all the rest of it. But actually, because it's raw and no refined sugar, it's not going to downwardly spiral me into that whole thing. It's actually going to support my body coming out of it. And obviously that's through education that I've learned I can do things like that. Or if I'm feeling hormonal and really pissed off with the world, then I'll make a chocolate smoothie for myself and I'll put some maca in, I'll put medicinal mushrooms in and I'll put these superfoods that I know will help balance it out. And yes, you have to admit to yourself that you're in that kind of PMS, I want to kill the world stage. I was just in it a couple of days ago. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, it's sometimes... Um, my poor husband, sometimes like this morning, I was like, and, um, I left, I went to the gym, I ran, I came back and I made myself a smoothie because I had that time to reflect and think, actually, this is probably hormonal. And yes, there's a lot on your plate and you need to make a list and prioritize, but going out and then I had a bit of a walk as well, came my head and ground because I find when I'm getting a bit like that, it's usually because I'm not grounded. I'm feeling overwhelmed by things. So if I write a list that really helps my brain and Obviously, my hormones are doing something. So if I support them by having raw cacao, by having the maca, I had avocado, banana, super greens, medicinal mushrooms. It is amazing, delicious food. It really tastes good. And then I feel my body going, because I've loved myself and I've kind of loved myself out of my funk Mm. as opposed to like loathing myself more into a funk. So, Julia, if um, someone wants to reach out to you, um, because they're, you know, I don't know, uh, they're feeling crap. They, you know, have no energy. Um, they want to have more energy or they want to have more vitality, that sort of thing. And, um, any other sort of ailments that we've been talking about here, how can they do that? So, um, my website, which is www.julietbryant.com and it's Juliet with two T's and an E. Um, I've got lots of online courses, uh, which people can access uh, to do. I work one-to-one with people. I've got books that I've written. Um, I've got superfood mixes. So there's lots of different things, loads of free content as well. Lots of different things at all different levels for whatever people need. Um, you can drop me an email. I'm on Facebook as well, uh, which is my Facebook page is julietskitchen.tv. Um, so you can go on there. I post quite a lot of videos and things like that. We've just done a, we're doing a series called Healing Plants and it's about once a month we release one. We're on episode four. We just, I just put that out uh, yesterday uh, and that's on waste and how we can reduce our waste. And I made a quick local organic stir fry and a recycled vegan burger, which was really delicious. So, um, you know, I've put out lots of videos on how to make food and all that kind of jazz. So yeah, julietbryant.com. So, um, I guess they'll be in the show notes anyway. So if anybody cool. there, they can. Um, so thank you, Julia. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Today. And for those of you that have been listening in, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And yeah, get that raw cacao. <laughs> oh God, definitely get raw cacao. If you do nothing else, drink water and have raw cacao because raw cacao is just an amazing, amazing food and it will transform your belief and thoughts about chocolate. <laughs> so there we have it in a nutshell <laughs> raw cacao may just need to title and title this as raw cacao, raw cacao <laughs> or something like that the raw cacao yeah. 
solution. Um, so thank you so much, Julia. It was wonderful to have you on here today. Thank you. And yeah, and, and until the next time, bye-bye for now. And there we have it, another amazing episode of The Joy of Being. And if you'd like a more personalized touch to live a stress-free life, then why not find out more about The Joy of Being Retreat, an intimate four-day profound experience at a luxury venue in Javier, Spain, where you get to experience your inner calm and peace of mind by slowing down and making space. To find out more, email me at marina marinapearson.com with Joy of Being Retreat in the title. If you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful, why not subscribe or share the podcast with others? So until next week's episode, remember you are the joy you seek.